to Inspirational Journeys, a faith-based podcast where your story matters. Come on over, grab a seat on the front porch, and let's talk about the writing life. Welcome to Inspirational Journeys, everyone. My name is Ann Harrison, and this week I have the pleasure of speaking with Stacey Webb, who has written a book called The Intuitive Detective. Welcome to the show, Stacey. Thank you so much, Anne, for having me. Thank you so much for, for being on the show. It's a pleasure to have you. So why don't you introduce yourself to the, to the listeners and the viewers today? Yeah. Uh, so my name is Stacey Webb. I am from Sydney, Australia, and I'm an intuitive trauma release mentor. And that pretty much had come about in my life from uh, wanting to serve people in and being a creator and space holder and following my intuition, which led me to be in the police force for over 15 years and now loving to continue that service in a different way um, with helping people with their fear and trauma. And as a result of that, I wrote a book and just allowing the, the journey of that book coming out into life, being birthed into the world um, only a couple of months ago and just loving it. Absolutely love it. It was a very interesting story too, because you know you talked about your life story and the, the traumas you faced. But what inspired you to be a writer? And if that's the appropriate question here, yeah, um, I always, I always felt within myself that I was a writer. I used to write all the time when I was younger. I used to write stories. I used to journal. I used to do a lot. And when I um, Soon after I joined the police force, I stopped. And it's only on reflection when I started um, writing this book, it's sort of, you know, why, why did I stop? What, why did not continue doing what I love? And I realised on that reflection is that I wanted to try so hard. I always wanted to be a police officer and I felt that that was my extreme calling and I wanted to be good at it. I, I you know, I wanted to be that continuing on with the good girl in my own um, people pleasing and perfectionism within myself and in my service of being a police officer I'm constantly writing constantly writing in my notebook and constantly doing a lot of that where it kind of then felt like I was writing to protect myself from you know future complaints or if anything went back that turned on me and as I was you know being a police officer and you know had experienced um, certain traumas within my work there I was then afraid of putting anything out there in case for some reason it was turned back against me and it wasn't until actually facing my own fears and traumas in doing that that I realized that I was holding myself back in fear if it was going to be turned against me when really I needed to let that more out so I going back into my writing and connecting back more to myself and, and allowing that to be this beautiful channel to actually go, this is who I am. This is who I love to be. And I love putting pen to paper and I love writing. I can still do that. And there is more than just what is your occupation. And that allowed me to just, yeah, really start to come back out in my shell and I started just writing um, stories within my life. And as I was starting to write them, I realized uh, that 
all of that was coming through in this intuitive guidance to, to write the book. Um, I always deflected that throughout the years thinking I couldn't do it and didn't, you know, my self-worth kept coming up um, when really that was just myself limiting myself and, you know, anyone can be a writer, anyone can can put pen to paper or type on their computer or anything like that and can write something. And I knew that I could do that too. Wow. So, so let's talk about your writing process for a minute. I want to, I don't want to delve too far into your book because I don't want to spoil things, but I do want to delve into it a little bit, but let's talk about the writing process. When you wrote the book, did you outline it or did you just sit down and start to write? Uh, for myself, I sat, sat down and just started writing uh, the stories, the, the, the chapters that sort of came out. They were not in order. <laughs> uh, they were pretty much what was sort of coming to me that I felt that just needed to come out in that time. Uh, for some of them, they uh, really still brought on a lot of emotional charge where um, either writing it out or reading back in reflection, I would still have tears in my eyes. Um, mm. And it was, for me, a beautiful cathartic moment and, and a beautiful release of all of that. But it was definitely out of order, <laughs> you know, allowing it all to come to me. And as I um, had pretty much uh, all of it there in all of its, in all of its chapters, and, and there were many that, you know, were removed in editing as I was going through it, um, I then started to, to put it in order and, and to put it in the parts that I felt that it needed to be a part of and, you know, allowed that process to happen. But at the beginning, it was very much just letting it out there, <laughs> just letting it flow. Wow. Because I know everybody's, everybody's process is different. So yeah. Um, what I know you and you talked about losing your father when you were a child and whatnot. Um, first of all, what inspired what what led you to the police force? First off, I always had this knowing within myself to be a police officer, which um, within my family was quite different because my family weren't really accepting of that. Um, and it wasn't then me wanting to continue it because I didn't have their acceptance because growing up I was very much the people pleaser and this was the very big significant thing that was always different to what my family wanted. Um, and, and for me it was really the calling of wanting to help people and really help people in that really big time of need. You know, as, as police officers you are um, with the community when they're either in fear of something that's happened in the past or in fear of what can happen in the future. And at that time, in that moment, with that connection with that with the, the person in the community that is asking for service, that is asking for your help as an emergency service officer, you have the greatest, you can have the greatest impact in their life. You know, for them, you can always be remembered within their life and can help make that impact and I felt that I could be that person that can help assist with people in their lives um, and so that's what sort of inspired me to go <laughs> to go towards that work I really felt that I you know could hold that space for them and could really be able to help people in that way and I kind of put that a little bit on the back burner a little bit when I finished high school I was too young to join the police force when I finished high school here in Australia 
um, in the state that I'm in, to graduate from the police academy, you had to be 19 years old because of the firearm. And I was only 17 when I finished high school. And by the if I went into the police force at, straight after high school, I would have only been 18 when I graduated. So I felt it would be probably good if I studied something that could possibly help me go into the police force. And, and I did go about that way. Um, and when I, I studied a science degree and I absolutely hated it, <laughs> absolutely hated it to the point um, where I was hating my life. And it wasn't until um, different parts uh, that happened with my life. I had a car accident um, that really sort of knocked me about where people started to bring up my father again allowed me to ask questions, allowed me to face fears that came up in regards to the death of my father and allowed me to go, this is where I draw the line in the sand. I'm living a life that is actually pleasing others instead of myself. I'm living a life because I'm getting this external validation, which I did love, but at the same time, internally, I was hating it. And I really wanted to do what I felt I needed to do. I really wanted to do um, what I felt that my intuition was calling me to do and allowing me to just see what happens. And I didn't know whether I'd get into the police force. I didn't know whether I would be able to graduate or not. I wasn't sure about how it was going to go, but I just knew I had to do it. And and so I did. Left the uh, my I left my university degree with about three months left till I graduated which shocked a lot of people and I joined the police force and I like to think that I was a very good police officer during my time there right I mean if you're not happy with something why keep why you know why keep going on with that yeah I know know in your book you you saw you um went to a lot of the murder cases and well did you investigate those uh, those cases or were you just um there to set up the crime scene what you know no yeah so um during that time like my time within the police force I was a detective uh so where we investigate serious crime and so yes uh predominantly I specialized in investigating coronial matters which would be uh homicides as well as uh unnatural um deaths that would or you know um deaths that would still need to be investigated by the coroner regardless of a criminal aspect behind them as well as sexual assault investigations so I mainly specialized in those two and and did investigate those so the the stories that I wrote in my book are ones that I did take part in the investigation um, or were or was a lead investigator in so what how did you change from how did you switch from detect detective to um helping people you know through fear and trauma uh well I guess as I said I mainly specialized in coronial matters and sexual assaults and so when you're uh having to take statements from people who you know are either having to speak about their grief and loss and the circumstances possibly around the death of a loved one uh that I'd need for either a criminal investigation or a coronial investigation um, as well as someone who has been sexually assaulted, which in terms, you know, are re-traumatising them. I really wanted to learn more about how I could better serve them whilst I'm taking their statements. I wanted to ensure that I was taking their statements in in the 
greatest way possible without trying to extremely re-traumatize them. You know, for some people, they were very happy to say their story. And for other people, it was extremely traumatic for them. And I wanted to be able to ensure that I was um, able to still assist him in that way. And so that led me leading into studying about the nervous system and, you know, how our nervous system are in different states of trauma. So I could better, you know, that I thought I could better accommodate them which then led into <laughs> leading more about the different tools that we could use, um, you know, within ourselves, such as breath work, such as um, emotional freedom techniques, uh, which is otherwise known as tapping, uh, different ways with working with somatics and embodiment and knowing that at different times that we could actually incorporate this in, in our lives, that I could help incorporate those type of tools whilst I was getting their statements and throughout that would not only assist them but also allow me to obtain the most and best information from their memory recall which would also help assist me in the investigation um, and as that sort of went I realized that obviously it was also helping myself you know my service is my medicine I'm helping them but it's also helping me I was then starting to help my you know, colleagues that would come forward um, and and speak to me about traumas that they were experiencing whilst whilst being a police officer and teaching them the tools, which really just led me to expand that and just also do that as a part of my service. <laughs> and so I set up my business and just um, now help people with their fear and trauma as well. Wow. Okay. So why yeah. do you call yourself the intuitive detective? I'm curious. I well I call myself the intuitive detective in, first off because we are all intuitive I am intuitive you are intuitive we all are it is also depending on you know whether you listen to the guidance that we received and follow and act on that and you know yes there are times as I've mentioned in the book when I don't act on it and when I've denied it and pushed it aside um, and tried to avoid it but as I'm sort of allowing that channel to open, that I can, you know, really allow the information to come through and strengthen in its frequency. And I add in the detective because, yes, you know, <laughs> I, I have been trained as a detective, but also allowing us to actually know that we can also be the detectives in our own healing journey, that we can actually incorporate that within ourselves. And that is me, but that is everyone. You know, the way the way I think about it, and I know everybody has different belief systems, but because I am a Christian um, from the Christian perspective, um, for me, it would be the voice of the Holy Spirit guiding me, you know, into the work that I do. And like I said, even though this is a faith-based podcast, everybody has different belief systems and you have to know deep down in your heart where you, what your calling is. Yeah, you do. So it, the, what tips or takeaways would you like to leave the viewers and listeners with today? Well, one of the biggest tips that I'd like to sort of say is to always remember to coming back to your breath, that your breath is so, uh, that people underrate our breath so much and that that is able to assist you when you are in those flight or fight stages or also in your freeze or fawn stages that if anything becomes overwhelming if anything becomes extreme um, sadness or 
or feeling like you need to detach away from from life because it becomes too hard that we always know that we can come back to our breath that is the first thing uh once you're able to to attune back to your breath you can hopefully be able to then start to regulate your own nervous system so then you're able to be able to respond to things that are surrounding you rather than a reaction that is always going to be my biggest takeaway from everything oh okay so are you working on any other writing projects i do have more seeds are coming through in terms of some writing projects i'm I'm doing a lot of journaling about that and sort of um i guess laying down foundations of that um which i'm really excited about but I'm also allowing the process of uh, with the release of this book that's only been a couple of months now is also making sure that I enjoy it because I am one of those people that love to always have tasks on hand and always love to be doing things that I also know that this is a point where it's a, a journey of mean celebration, knowing that this was a very big step for myself to to release that first book out Um in such what I feel is in terms of allowing myself to be shown in its complete vulnerability, in, in its complete rawness um, and stepping away from those masks that I, you know, felt that I needed to hide behind, um, you know, when you, for me, when I was being a, being a police officer and, you know, wearing a uniform or, you know, wearing a suit when I became a detective and, and feeling like I had this extra protection if something was to happen. Uh, to allow that to be a way and to show myself as unapologetic me and I know I need to celebrate that so I'm enjoying the birth of that enjoying the birth of the book out and just anything that comes to mind of what's coming up with the next book is just writing it down so I don't forget and knowing that it's something for me to come back to because I need to write it down otherwise I forget I I can't say I'll, I'll say to myself I will I will remember this but I'm not going to remember all of it. And then I know I'll get frustrated with myself. So I've got my, you know, my notepads are all out and, you know, uh, that are dedicated to, you know, the book, so to speak, for the next book. And when those seeds come through and and everything like that, I'll make sure I write it all down. So when I've got time, I can sit back and start to write more out and type more out. And where can people find you online if they want to connect yeah, so you can uh, find me online. I am also I'm mainly predominantly on Instagram. If uh, people are on that type of social media, you can follow me at um, underscore Stacey Webb. I'm also on Facebook and you can also visit my website, which is www.stacyweb.com.au. Okay. And one final question, and this was inspired by another podcast I've listened to. What is your call to action for the listeners and viewers today? You can give a challenge or if you have a resource you want to share, this is the time to do it. Call to action. Well, I did speak about breathing before and it's always good to go, yes, make sure we breathe. But the call to action would be if you uh, feel comfortable to do it right now uh, with the listeners who are there is to if you feel comfortable, I invite you to close your eyes or just lower your gaze and just to bring that awareness to your breath right now, not changing it and just taking notice of your breath, just taking notice of how you are inhaling, whether that is through the nose or mouth and how you're exhaling. There's no right or wrong and it's just bringing that awareness to it. That'll be my first call of action 
is always bringing that awareness to your breath. And then if you are able to, allowing your breath to soften. And so to soften in is to allow that inhale to be a little bit slower and allow the exhale to be a little bit slower. And continue in that for however long that you feel comfortable for. And then whenever you are ready, you can open your eyes. That would be my first call of action to the listeners today. Wow. You know what this sounds like? Um, I do a, I'm visually impaired. So I go to the um, American Council of Blind has community calls. And on Mondays and Wednesdays, Leslie Spoon, she does um, the easy chair yoga on Mondays. And then on Wednesdays, we do yoga on the ball. And it sounds like right at the end of a session, this is the Shabasana. It's part of the Shabasana we do. So yeah, we had a, a short Shabasana here today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's what I mean. Like it's always to just go, okay, make sure you bring awareness to your breath. But if we had that bit of moment, I just, that would be my call to action is if you're you're listening and you're able to to do that breath and just to to again just to realize and understand and bring awareness to the breath then there's so much more that we can do well thank you so much for being on the show today stacy and i challenge you we challenge you today to go out there and read to get inspired write something inspiring and share your creation with the world for when you've touched one life you've touched thousands thanks for joining us on inspirational journeys today and remember your story matters have a blessed day everyone welcome to inspirational journeys a faith-based podcast where your story matters come on over grab a seat on the front porch and let's talk about the writing life Are you looking for a professional, knowledgeable, friendly, and detailed-oriented editor who provides high-quality editing services at reasonable prices? Why not give Plot Stitch Editorial Services a try? As your friendly Plot Stitch editor, I will help you turn your messy manuscript into a story that engages readers from start to finish. Services include refining story structure, character development, filling in plot holes, show versus tell, passive versus active voice, dialogue enhancements, copy editing and proofreading. Send queries to theplotstitch at gmail.com. That's theplotstitch at gmail.com. Plotstitch Editorial Services, bringing stories that matter to life. Hey guys, this is Anne from the Inspirational Journeys podcast, and my special guest, Joe Templin, has an offer for for my listeners and viewers. Take it away, Joe. Anne, thank you. And again, thank you for bringing me on. This was a wonderful conversation. I'm glad that I could reach out and help your people grow. And to continue to help them to grow, we have an offer. If they go to the website, everyday-excellence.com, and use the code inspirational journeys at checkout from the shop, they can get a 10% discount on anything there to be able to help them with their personal journey to grow and inspire others. 
you heard it here, folks. You get a 10% discount on everything in the store at everyday-excellence.com using promo code INSPIRATIONALJOURNEYS. Happy writing, writing, and celebrate the day. everybody this is Anne from the inspirational journeys podcast and I'm here today with Teresa from struggling blessed but not alone podcast how are you today Anne I'm doing good how about you Teresa I'm good so what's up I've got some news for you really what's that did you know that our listeners can support our podcasts no can you please share more about that Okay, so while you're listening to our podcast on your favorite podcast platform, hit the support this podcast button. With your contribution of 99 cents, 4.99 or 9.99 a month, you're helping us achieve our goals. Wait a minute, Ann. Are you telling me all that our listeners have to do is hit that support button and they could give a donation? That's right. Wow. Hey guys, thanks for wanting to do that for us. Have a blessed day. So I challenge you today to go out there and read to get inspired, write something inspiring, and share your creation with the world. For when you've touched one life, you've touched thousands. You've been listening to Inspirational Journeys, Stories That Matter, with your host, Anne Harrison. If you like what you've heard on today's episode, be sure to subscribe to the podcast, share it with your friends, and leave a rating or review on your favorite podcast platform. Visit my website at AnneWritesInspiration.com, subscribe to my YouTube channel, and follow me on Facebook and Pinterest at AnneWritesInspiration and on Twitter at AnneWrites75 for more inspirational content. Thanks for listening, and remember, your story matters.